Hello, and welcome to the Equiline Podcast. I'm Dr. Wendy Corin. And I'm Dr. Dave Lundquist. And today we are going to have a conversation with you about a book that I read back in the 70s that for me focused on really doing things from another perspective than one I'd ever done it before. And although the book is called Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance, for me at the time, all I could think of was this applies to everything I understand about relationship with horses and relationship with dogs. And for some reason, it came up in conversation yesterday, and we realized that philosophy is a large part of everything that you're going to do and everything that you're going to experience if you're questioning. Yeah, and that philosophy is your basis of your values and your beliefs because that's what you exude through your actions. Your actions show exactly what those philosophies are. Just a, per, a, a person that pulls up to the marina and ties up the boat, and one person takes the time to perfectly coil the rope, and the other person just piles it on the dock. I'm the pilot on the dock kind See? of a person. Now, everybody has that different philosophy. And I, we actually have a uh, painting picture in um, on the wall that a patient of mine gave to me possibly 30 years ago that said perspective. And it had the coiled rope versus the more uh, creative rope. That's how <laughs> creative. I, that is how I choose. I to called look it at a it. tangled mess. When you notice how you approach life, and you notice how others approach life, it has an amazing impact on how you achieve the goals that you want to achieve, and how you feel about them. Yeah, because you may feel re- repulsed enough by something that is happening that you don't want to, you definitely want to run away from that, not get closer to it. Oh, exactly. When I go to seminars, I find that I will learn something, whether it's, wow, I really want to know more so that I can also do this, or holy moly, I am absolutely certain I do not want to do that. And either way, it's a wonderful learning experience. In looking at the Zen approach, which has actually nothing whatsoever to do with Zen philosophy, and the motorcycle approach there, which had very little to do with actual motorcycles, come to find out that Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance, written in 1974, is the number one selling philosophy book in the world completely blew me away i read it because the cover was cool it was purple back in the 70s and and it shifted my perspective and it has stayed shifted in that direction ever since because it really highlighted the romantic approach of 
everything's going to be fine. If I wanted enough, if I find a way to throw enough money at it, it will happen. And the more mechanistic approach of if I understand it, if I can get to the nitty-gritty, if I can be a master of the details, then I'm going to accomplish and have a vehicle in this life that gets me where I want to go. Yeah, but is that possible in every aspect of your life? In other words, can you focus enough? Can you be aware enough to know that in every different situation when you're reacting accordingly? Well, they talk a lot about pure truth. And as you follow the ramblings in this, you know, uh, week-to-week trip, this motorcycle trip that uh, the narrator and his friend took, you find that it's both perspectives have a tremendous amount of value in given circumstances that having a big picture, everything's going to work out because I can see that horizon. I can see the rainbow and I can see the pot of the gold at the end of the rainbow has so much value. And having a clue on how to take the steps to get to your rainbow has obvious value. And the big truth is there's no big truth. (laughs) And how does this apply to improving mobility? That's that's really what we're here to talk about. (laughs) Because there's many different perspectives on on movement itself. And you you can get you can get five a group of five people, vets or chiropractors, and put them together and have one horse walk by, and you'll get five different diagnoses on that same horse. Oh, at least. Uh, at least. You yeah. know, and, and more than that, in approaches, if you're lucky, if you're lucky, we all know that you can have your horse evaluated or your dog evaluated and have the same treatment protocol regardless of what the findings are, which is a very big picture approach. If there's a problem, you can throw this drug at that. And if you're listening to us, that's probably not your normal way of approaching things. When we, we talk about understanding your relationship with your goal, with your getting your horse to move better, getting your horse to engage its hind end, getting your dog to be able to do its weave poles or go after its prey. All of it has to do with your relationship to your goal and your relationship to the achievement of the particular parts and the value you place on each of those perspectives. That was a mouthful. (laughs) (laughs) I, um, well, it's a mouthful, and whether this is happening behind the scenes or up front in your awareness, it's happening. And my goal and Dave's goal here is to increase your awareness just a bit into 
the processes, the idea of big picture, little picture, the idea that when we and I were uh, when we and I, we and I, hmm. we and I when yeah. Dave and I work together, <laughs> which that is, is we, always, is we whether we're physically yeah. together or not, there is, whether I have him in the back of my head or he's standing next to me, there's, there's a we going on. In, when we are both physically present at a place, we do micro-macro. We have a big picture approach and a segmental approach. And uh, we find that if you have both, if you have the drive and the enthusiasm and the big picture outcome, that drives you to care enough to learn the details. Yeah, it's, it's more information, being able to take in more information, which means being more aware. And if we go back to Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance, there was a reference to something called gumption traps. And a gumption trap is an event or a mindset that causes a person to lose enthusiasm and become discouraged from starting or continuing a project because it's actually, if you, if you lose that gumption, if you lose that um, trait and you become discouraged, where's your motivation to learn how to do anything. Yeah, what makes you get back up and keep going? And the trap portion of the term refers to the positive feedback loop that the event or mindset creates. The reduction in a person's enthusiasm decreases the person's likelihood of success and the degree of success that their expected outcome will provide. So it, it really does matter that if you get if, if you lose that drive and then you lose your expectations and then you end up not achieving and then you have a self-fulfilling prophecy. So oh, we, we have had clients on horseback say, oh, you know, I know I'm going to crash through the first jump. How many times? Too many. Yeah, too many times. And guess what happens? Absolutely. Nine times out of ten, whether you know that you say whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. So if you understand that there is an art to improving mobility, there is an art to having an expectation and this romantic view of your dog soaring through an agility course at mock speed and attaining their mocks, or your eventing horse, high scoring in all three areas, if you have that vision and you have that enthusiasm, if you have the gumption, then you can create a practical application and avoid the trap of I woulda, shoulda, coulda. So our, our idea is to understand that in all achievements, there are setbacks, and setbacks are either a way to go downhill into this gumption trap, I no longer care. You know, I've subbed my toe, I cannot fit my shoe on, therefore I can't do anything. 
right? Yep. You can go that route. Or you can prevent that kind by being slower and more meticulous and taking stock of what you could have been doing in this time, how you could be training, and start to plant that in the back of your head to be used later. And then you have enthusiasm in the meantime, which is a whole other book. Yeah, which is the same thing as moving forward too fast never, never turns out very well, especially for a young horse. They get... They come around a corner, they get going too fast, the next thing you know they're on the jump, and then there's a crash. So sometimes going too fast can lead to another issue as well. And that's why slower, more methodical, take it step by step, and you'll get through it. It's like driving a car. The first time you drive a car, you wonder how come you don't have more hands and feet in order to do all of the things required. And then as you gain expertise, you can go faster and faster and faster, both mentally and physically. You can jump from thought to thought to thought to thought. You know, back in the 70s, um, they, call, they called these obstacles hang-ups. I don't remember, what's your hang-up? You know, what, what is the obstacle that you've placed in front of yourself that you choose to believe is insurmountable? Another word that he used for these hang-ups was value traps. And these can be described generally as an inability or reluctance to reevaluate because you're committed to this value that is no longer serving you. You know, if you actually look at facts that, that are relevant to you and they don't support your behavior, it's a hang-up to continue to do them. And it is a uh, anxiety-producing, ego-damaging way of handling it and, and the ability to step back and ask for advice, the ability to... Um, Take your impatience for success and make it exuberance for learning. Yeah, I guarantee you there's someone who's out there who's already been through that, whatever you'd be going through. And you'd be able to find that person. And find the tools. And get their perspective. Exactly right. Because that perspective may not match your morals, values, and beliefs either. And so... You know, he, he he talked about, which made me so excited, you know, then and even more so now, that muscular insensitivity or lack of proprioception leads to a disproportionate amount of force being applied that leads to frustration. Yes, if you don't know where you are in space, you hit the ground, you trip over things, you signal the dog to go in one direction when in fact it was supposed to go to the other. You know, whether it's rider error or, or uh, whatever leadership role you have in relationship to your animal, if you have no awareness of your physical environment, your mental environment, and you don't have the necessary tools to get the job done, you know, how often do we have a horse that's sore all the time and it's because of an ill-filling saddle? Yeah. Or 
like we always tell like we always tell everybody that the horse listens to the age that it gets whether the rider knows they're giving them or not Correct. The aids you don't know you're giving are just as effective as the ones you are. So when your steed, regardless of what species it is, goes in the direction you told it to and you didn't mean it, it's not their fault. And if you can begin to nurture your ability to have this romantic big picture goal for your accomplishments and balance it with the correct tools. I'm, I am very, it is very common to hear me say, if you love your saddle so much, take it shopping for a horse that fits under it. If you love your uh, course so much, that you absolutely want to be able to compete at this level, then make sure you have the animal, make sure you have the companion competitor who is capable and sound enough and fit enough to do that course. Zen and the art of improving mobility comes from within and bringing that within out to the physical world, from the metaphysical to the practical down-to-earth, <laughs> from the cosmos to the ground, you know, and I highly recommend you read it and read it for how it moves you, if at all, and if it doesn't, you'll learn that it didn't. <laughs> One more tool for helping you be fit to be first. And this has been your metaphysical, philosophical Equiline podcast. I'm Dr. Wendy Corin. And I'm Dr. Dave Lundquist. Have an excellent day.